Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me every Tuesday and Friday to talk all about Bravo TV. On Tuesdays, I report on all the latest news stories happening in the off-screen lives of our favorite Bravo celebrities. And Friday bonus episodes range from one season wonder recaps, Bravo celebrity product reviews, book club discussions, very random deep dives, and so much more. Sit back, grab your drink, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's episode is a retrospective on all the hottest Bravo TV news stories that have happened in 2020. We all know that 2020 was a little bit different than most years, and I'm not just talking about Zoom reunions, which RIP, let's never see those happen again. However, Bravo's ability to pack the perfect dose of escapism has never been stronger than this year. You know, when you don't really want to focus on your own boring, um, sad life, you can just kind of focus on the boring, sad lives of these fools. And I don't know, maybe it'll make you feel a little bit better about yourself. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Let's jump into this episode now as I break down the hottest stories, the Bravo newbies, the one we've lost, RIP, poor one out for the homies, the divorces, the deaths, the weddings, the gender reveals, and what we have to look forward to in 2021. Thanks again for tuning into Bravo Happy Hour. In 2020, we have cranked out a cute 68 episodes, which is no small feat. So thank you to everyone who's guested on the show, who's listened to day one, or is just joining us now. Hey, welcome, 2021, new Megan. Big smile, she got her smile back, all the Sheena Shea. <laughs> 2021 will be a bright year, so let's keep calm and keep bravoing. Let's get down to business. I will have to say, first and foremost, there is a snowstorm happening outside my window, so if you hear an ambient sound, this is um, snow, which in New York City will turn into slush in about 15 minutes, and the beautiful snowfall is no longer beautiful. It's just actually a pain in the ass. Anyways, I will say up front, I really do wish Hilaria Baldwin and Alec Baldwin were on the Bravo Network because I have been entranced in their story since, well, honestly, I will say it's been like a couple years. Like I became obsessed with them once Rafa was born, post-Carmen, baby number two. So I've been definitely knee deep in this whole family drama for a minute now. And I will say I'm not surprised that she's been lying about everything, but I also want to applaud her for a flawless grift. It really lasted about eight years, and so I, I'm really I'm really happy for her. And I'm excited to hear what she says on her Mom Brain podcast about this, which will just be like another circle jerk of, well, my family traveled in Spain. Yeah, we spent two weeks on vacations there. Of course I have a little accent. It's like, honey, no. I, 
that is so incorrect. That is not how accents work, but okay, not my problem. And I probably should just do a deep dive into that as a bonus episode just for funsies because I know people really care about that. And I actually am just dying for Hilaria and Alec to star in the in the Spanglish too, instead of Adam Sandler and um, Paz Vega. <laughs> Can you imagine? I feel like it would actually kind of be a hit. And it's sad because I was watching 30 Rock from the beginning and now I can't even watch Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock after watching his insane eight minute clip trying to defend her where he basically just regurgitated his SNL lines trying to be Trump. And the video itself was so serious and you could tell he has also been bamboozled by this fake Latina. So it was just all good. So let's get down to business. First and foremost, we have to talk about some of the happier moments in early 2020. Do you guys remember when Caroline Manzo and Teresa Giudice did the Sabra commercial at the Super Bowl last year? I went to a Super Bowl party with guns blazing. Everybody was like, Megan, who knew you loved sports so much? And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I'm just here for hummus and I'm here for the New Jersey Housewives. Reconnecting, rekindling over a lot of money. And I will say that commercial definitely brought back a lot of good moments. I've started eating more hummus because of it, so I've been influenced, and I hope everybody after the show goes out and gets some hummus, dunk some cucumbers in it, not a callback to Hilaria Baldwin, but all roads lead back to Hilaria at this point. We also have Lala Kent from Random Pump Rules sitting next to Meryl Streep at the SAG Awards. Remember like the olden days where like that was newsworthy on this show until we got into like full on lawsuit drama, <laughs> racial shit, COVID shit. Things were easy. When Sheena Shea had the drama with the editor who came out on a podcast saying that they give Saucy the special treatment, which is hilarious now considering Homegirl got the boot and Sheena is still the reigning queen of Vanderpump Rules. Fight me on that one. We have Joe Judice getting out of prison and getting deported yet going to Mexico and dancing with hot young slutty 20 year olds and I, again I have said it on this show and I will say it on future shows if I were that girl in Mexico I would have danced on him I wouldn't have told him about the podcast I would have to go onto Instagram and be like oh look this is my normal Instagram just kidding I'm not affiliated with Bravo in any sense of the way I hope I get back some standards in 2021 that I lost towards the end of 2020 in regards to whom I'm finding attractive which we will get there because there's a couple newbies on the list where like, I really think I need to take a list of these men into my therapist's office and say, we need to go down one by one and try to figure out why I'm finding this man attractive. Like, it's not just how they look. It's, I think, that I have fucking issues. Oh, my God. I'm, like, going through this one, and I'm, like, I think you need to roll that one back, Megan, and, and write a urgent letter to your... <laughs> urgent letter to all of my doctors. Even, like, my internist, like my dermatologist like I need multiple doctors to please check me out immediately <laughs> we have random random news which I think people might have forgotten where Joe Exotic from Tiger King which was so strangely a 2020 thing but came and went because COVID I do feel bad for Tiger King on that one he was like in his prime he's like look at me I'm in prison I have like this wonky leg like I have all this new fame and then the pandemic came and it was like, psych bitch, no one cares about you like imprisoning beautiful animals and like shooting them. Like, ugh. like you always could tell that he was up to no good. And honestly, I know bestiality is not cool or anything, but I did get the vibe that he was like doing creepy shit to those animals. Um, I think I might get arrested for that last statement. But regardless, Joe Exotic worked at the Roundup, which is the bar that the Real Housewives of 
ex-Royal Housewives of Dallas star Carrie Duber's husband Mark potentially got his dick sucked at. That is the news stories that I want to know more about. Dick sucking, roundups, Joe Exotic. I love when all of my favorite things come together to create a very mega random story. And that was one of my favorite stories of the year, I will say. Recently, we talked about Kenya Moore from the Real Housewives of Atlanta dating Kanye West, going to his house and him just going into the other room to watch porn by himself. I found that to be fascinating too. Like we were saying on the show, he had a real life beautiful woman in his home and he decided to jerk off into his hand rather than be with her. I don't know if that says a lot about Kenya or if that says a lot about Kanye, but still, those kinds of stories are what I am interested in. It is very random. It is very weird. And I hope Kenya ditches Mark in 2021. I hope that's her resolution. Get that lawyer and get that fucking money and get that baby and get the fuck out of there. We'll get there. We'll get there into this episode, but... That's just my PSA for Kenya. I know she's listening. I know she's listening. We also have Brandy Glanville and Kim Richards from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills saying that they were going to be doing a comedy show together. We missed that just because it was happening right when the world shut down in mid-March for COVID stuff. You guys, we missed out on what could have been the next Abbott and Costello, Penn and Teller. <laughs> Alana and Abby from Broad City. We really missed out on such a good potential comedy duo, which I mean, hopefully we'll come back in 2021. We also got word that Kim Richards wasn't paying her ghostwriter of her tell-all book. The date got pushed back for the release of said book. So I have a feeling Kyle has been hiring lawyers and whatnot to probably get some of these stories redacted because I can imagine it's not the best for her. And I also wonder if she actually throws shade at that mom. I feel like if anybody got burned the most from, oh my God, what? Big Kathy, oh my. Can you believe I almost just forgot Big Kathy's name? That is, that is offensive to my work here as a podcaster. I wonder if she actually does Big Kathy dirty in this or if Big Kathy's mothering techniques will always live just in the hearts and minds of those three girls or if we'll ever actually get a true biography. Go back and listen to my like 47 part episode about that book, House of Hilton, which deep dives into her mother's <laughs> quote unquote mothering and their childhood. Fascinating read. Absolutely fascinating. We also have Martha Stewart coming in hot towards Tom D'Agostino, who's Countess Luann from the Real Housewives of New York's ex-husband. I guess Tom ended up buying or renting the apartment that Martha Stewart used to live in tons of years ago. Martha ended up visiting the apartment for whatever reason and said that Tom D'Agostino made the apartment look like shit. Again, incredibly random things all happening that make no sense. Martha Stewart, Tom D'Agostino, the Real Housewives of New York. Th those are some of my favorite things brought into one. Martha Stewart is also someone who I am going to be embodying more of in 2021. I already cook a lot and I do lots of like home things. So I've got that on lock, but I need to get into some sort of duo with a Snoop Dogg-esque kind of person. I feel like I could be really leveraging my love of marijuana more. I don't even smoke anymore. It's absolutely depressing. But if I were on a television show, I could be smoking. I could be having fun. I could be baking cookies with Snoop and Martha. We also have Kyle Richards <laughs> accusing a woman of stealing her mother's ring. This is one of my favorite stories too because Kyle Richards is such an entitled asshole. She thinks anybody who owns a ring similar to hers is then a thief. Hilarious, not the truth. So Kyle, I guess, ended up 
losing some of the rings that her mother uh, gave her, passed down to her when her house was robbed all those years ago. Shout out to Teddy and her husband's security system that clearly didn't keep that house secure or her ring secure. So Kyle ended up seeing a picture that <laughs> Diane Keaton posted on her Instagram of the psychic she saw in Venice Beach or something that had these funky nails and these big chunky rings and Diane posted the photo because she's really into nail art. Love that for her. Big hats and nail art. Maybe that's what I'm doing in 2021. Just you wait and see. Just kidding, I look horrible in hats. And people tell me I look good in hats, but every time I wear it, I feel like a fucking idiot. Like there's nothing I feel dumber in than like a, a hard brimmed hat, whether it's like a fedora, not even fedora, like more woodsy than a fedora. Woodsy, I don't even know what that means. Clearly I haven't been in the woods in like six or seven years because uh, I think wearing like a felt cap in the woods is woodsy. <laughs> But <laughs> that was a tangent. Reel it back, reel it back. It's only 10 in the morning here, and I'm only about halfway through my coffee, but I'm talking really fast, if you can't tell. Anyways, Kyle ends up like reaching out to someone who knows someone who knows Diane Keaton, which like, okay, humble brag much. We get it, Kyle. You can find Diane Keaton's personal information quickly. <laughs> I could just DM her, maybe she'll respond. So they end up reaching out to Diane. Diane finds out who this woman is, and she didn't steal that shit. And then her, this girl's, and then the woman who was accused of stealing the rings had a granddaughter who's kind of like, quote unquote, TikTok famous. And she posted all these TikToks being like, Kyle Richards, that is not true. Here's a photo of my grandma in 1981 in the ring. Here's my grandma, my co college graduation wearing the ring. Here's my grandma last week wearing the ring. This is not your ring, bitch. And then I did enjoy that the lady who was being accused of stealing the ring ended up doing a full publicity tour. She was on like ET, extra, extra. Like she did like the full press tour talking about these rings. So I really liked her. We uh, She got her 15 minutes of fame. So win, 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 win. Kyle Richards still doesn't have the ring though, which I, I would not want to have all my shit stolen, especially like my family heirlooms. Look at me, I do have a heart. You hear that guys? I have a heart. Moving on to actually impressive news. We had Candy Burris winning season three of The Masked Singer as the Night Angel. And what can't Candy do? Restaurateur, singer-songwriter, star of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, mother of what seems like 40. She keeps having kids. Love that for her. And I'm just all into Candy. We've actually been rewatching old old seasons of Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're up to episode, season seven now. And I am just so mad at Mama Joyce. I know this is not a Mommy Dearest episode, so I shouldn't be deep diving into any mother-daughter relationships. However, Mama Joyce, stay in your fucking lane. Candy has been bankrolling your life forever. You've had three husbands. So her coming after Todd, her coming after all these men, her coming after her best friend Carmen is just not okay. Again, I'm going on a tangent. However, I am just so anti-Mama Joyce. And you know what? At a certain point, I feel like Candy needs to just say, like, Mama Joyce... Here is your monthly stipend and go fuck right off. You do your thing. I'm gonna do my thing. I have my family, I have my man, and we're good. We don't need you. We don't need your bad energy. Leave Mama Joyce energy in 2021, please. Thank you. We also have some other budding songstresses from the Bravo world. Not as acclaimed as Candy, but getting there. Needy Leaks came out with a new song called Come and Get This Honey, which is a banger and is one of those songs that just like says, Come and get this honey like over and over and over and over again. So if you listen to it one time, it will be stuck in your head for I would say about 48 hours after. So beware, don't listen to that song. We have another songstress as well, Monique Samuels, who came out with Drag Me, which, hmm, 
not so innocent. This is our innocent category of the show. Not exactly as innocent as you would assume because she is flaunting how she assaulted someone. Love that for her. We have Lydia McLaughlin from The Real Housewives of OC coming out with a web series and then ending her web series. I find this innocent because I fucking hate her. Glitter Town sucks. She's a QAnon freakazoid. And oddly enough, for someone who hates sex predators and sex trafficking, it's really rich that uh, her brother actually is like a true sexual predator with a really gnarly past. I'ma not go into it because I'm not trying to get sued by those rich freaks, but go and look into her brother's past, sexually assaulting a minor. <clears throat> Y'all do your own research on that. I think his name is... I don't have his name here, but... <laughs> Just Google Lydia McLaughlin, brother, sexual... <laughs> sexual predator. <laughs> don't do it on your work computer, I will say. Keep that into your personal stuff. That is not safe for work content. But yeah, you know what, honey? Look inward. Look at your family. Then we have... One other thing that I will say really piqued my interest this year, which is Carol Radswell from the Real Housewives of New York being exposed as someone who hung out with Ghislaine Maxwell. So if you guys don't know Ghislaine, kept a fucking subscription to any magazine or newspaper ever, she was Jeffrey Epstein's accomplice in like their sex trade thing. A lot of sex trade combos in this episode. I didn't realize that the innocent section of the show was <laughs> going to be ending with like Moaning Samuels, Lydia's sexy... Sexy brother. Oh my god. <laughs> he is kind of sexy, which is the horrible part. Again, going back to my list of guys who I am unfortunately attracted to. Um, <laughs> we have Lydia's brother being a creep, and then Kyle Radswell hanging out with Ghislaine. So Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein would go and prey on these young girls, and they did a lot of like international sex trafficking. Just a horrible, horrible person. And Jeffrey Epstein ended up getting imprisoned earlier this year. Actually, I think it was late 20. Then Ghislaine got arrested a couple months ago. Jeffrey Epstein has killed himself, and so now she's like forced to kind of deal with all of his fuckery, which sucks for you, bitch. That's what you get. Trust fund little asshole, like thinking she can get away with shit. It's like your daddy didn't love you, so what? Now you're gonna like fuck all fuck with all these other girls whose daddies didn't love them. Fuck you, fuck you, Ghislaine. Anyways, Carol Radswell was then linked with Ghislaine. And so a couple years ago on this show, we talked about how Jeffrey Epstein's Little Black Book got released to the press and Carol's phone number was actually in there. Then Carol and Ghislaine have all these photos of them together and had hung out and hung out in LA together, hung out in London together after Carol's husband died. And Ghislaine actually set Carol up with a date with Prince Andrew, which... He is just equally as much of a cringe fest as Ghislaine and Jeffrey. But again, that's another podcast. But Carol then denied knowing Ghislaine, said they only hung out a couple times. Yet Ghislaine actually took the headshot for Carol's book, which you can see on the back of the cover. So I don't know. Generally, if someone's like taking your photo for the back of your book, who is not a photographer, mind you. It's not like Ghislaine is, you know, Annie Leibovitz, who's like, yeah, I don't know. She's a photographer. She did this as a favor. No, Ghislaine had to like go buy a camera for that photo. Like, honey, backtrack all you want. But I know you hung out with Ghislaine. I know it. True morals, which... I don't think Carol actually like hung out with Ghislaine and Jeffrey and did like creepy sex shit with minors at all. <laughs> Please don't get me wrong when I talk about that. Anyway, so as our country was dealing with the realities of being in a pandemic, which I don't think any of us put that on our 2020 vision board, as well as dealing with the racial awakening due to the unjust death of George Floyd and let's be real, um, hundreds of thousands of others innocent black people in this country for the last 401 years, 
<laughs> XOXOXO. So as companies and brands and people were starting to realize some of their like past racist behavior, a lot of people were either, you know, apologizing and accepting wrongdoing and, you know, trying to get better from the situation. We were faced with the reality that the Vanderpump Rules cast does not give a fuck about some of their past black co-workers. If you guys don't remember, Faith Stowers was on Vanderpump Rules for the first couple seasons. She was Tom's friend, everybody's friend, and she was in the whole drama with Jax and Brittany because she hooked up with Jax with the grandma in the wheelchair watching them. This reminded me of actually 30 Rock where Jacques Donaghy was hooking up with some Hayek's character and she was like the, the night nurse for this old man and Jack would go to the house and take her out and like hook up with her when he was there. Which like, is that a common thing? I need nurses to hit me up on the side and let me know. I won't report you to your bosses, but I do need to know if this is a real thing. Cause I feel like there's nothing that would kill the vibe more than like an old man with tubes in his arm. Like that's just not, that's not for me. So as this was coming up, we, so as all of these like racial discussions were happening and past wrongdoings were coming up, people started bringing up the story that Kristen and Stassi actually accused Faith of stealing a car, robbery, all this other heinous shit that she just didn't do. And they actually ended up calling the police on her. They called the military police because she was a veteran, trying to get her arrested for doing all these crimes that she didn't do. The police actually was like, lol, bitch, we live in Los Angeles. Like, there's actually bigger crimes happening, so you can go fuck your face and get out and out of here because that's just not true. So as this was happening, there were so many different podcasts and articles and things written about all the heinous things that they said on various different podcasts, you know, saying heinous microaggressions. Oh, her weave. Oh, homegirl. Da, da, da. So Chris and Asasi ended up getting fired for doing this. Bye. And then we also had the other two, Brett and Max, who just had some gnarly tweets, dropping the N-bomb, making fun of Asian people, and good. It was definitely a huge step in the right direction for Bravo. Distancing themselves from Saucy and Kristen, we saw Saucy do that just horrible, horribly, <laughs> like, ill-prepared interview with Tamron Hall, where Tamron was just like, so now you're saying you can speak on behalf of the Black Lives Matter movement? And Saucy's like, absolutely. <laughs> until black lives matter no lives matter it's like okay honey keep reading memes and regurgitating that love that for you we also have Jax taylor and Brittany cartwright who also got the boot there wasn't any specific reason other than like you know years of being assholes and just being bad tv Jax has done like a million transphobic things, said a lot of disgusting things about Faith during that time, again about her weave, and it's like, can white women just stop talking about black women's hair? It just feels like it's a very easy thing to not do. Speaking of other racist fools, we have Freddie Redmond from the Raw Housewives of Dallas who came out with that Asian accent video, this was earlier in the year prior to all the stuff um, going on in our country, but I will say the coronavirus has increased um, physical attacks on Asian American citizens, so let's not forget that. And these types of videos and this type of rhetoric, I don't know, just kind of justifies what people think and is really stupid. She was in the car with her children in the backseat, like squinting her eyes at, at, to pretend she was an Asian person, and you know, I don't even remember what she was saying, but that was just not good. I think they're actually going to address this video on the upcoming season of Dallas, which is out uh, January 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern time, which is crazy. Like, it's like next week. 
But I'm excited to see how they kind of handle that. They also have hired Tiffany Moon, who is a doctor and an Asian American. So it should be interesting to see how she addresses that with her. And maybe she won't, maybe she will. Only time will tell. We also have Catherine Dennis, who took it upon herself to fight with a radio host, uh, calling her an L7 weenie, which was rogue and weird, but also sent the monkey emoji and then told her to stop playing the race card, da da da. And this is another situation where now Southern Charm ended up hiring Leva, who I really enjoy on the show, but it's like the token person of color now having to come in and explain to the ignorant white person what they did wrong. It's like, no, honey, Google. Google, go to school, go, be like Stassi, take a diversity class. I wonder if Stassi's still enrolled. I wonder if she's still enrolled. Her weekly class is where she said she was taking quizzes. How stupid and racist must you be if you need to take quizzes on how to not be racist? Being anti-racist is fairly simple. <laughs> Read a couple books on the plight of being other people. Watch some movies if you can't even get through a book. Listen to some podcasts hosted by black people and, and hear their perspective on things. It's not people of color's jobs to teach white people how to not be racist. Anyways, Catherine Dennis is a fool and it's as if she's like now doing like a, her own form of blackface, but it's like orange face with that fake tan. And now she's obviously dating a black guy because there's no, <laughs> like, she's like, how can I ever be racist? I fuck a black guy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can never be racist. Let's not Let's not forget who I'm dating, guys. I'm dating a black guy. Did you see that? I'm dating a black guy. <laughs> we also have Kelly Dodd, who refused to stop traveling at the beginning of Corona, basically denied it, was shit-talking people who have died from it, you know, sounds a lot like her president. <laughs> um, and also this year ended up coming out with a couple of racist shit. She ended up wearing a hat that said, Drunk Wives Matter at her bachelorette party, as if that wasn't going to um, stir up some controversy. Her defense to wearing such a heinous hat was, my friend got it two years ago. It's like, oh, so your friend was racist two years ago. Cool, cool, cool. And you still consciously decided to wear it. She's like, I put all my gifts on that I received at my bachelorette party. It's like, well, I didn't see you probably wearing some lingerie you probably got from some of your friends. Didn't see that. Didn't see that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Stupid ass. Yeah, Kelly Dodd has got to go. She's really got to go. We also have Pete Hunziker from Below Deck, who managed to get about three episodes on Below Deck this season before getting the full erasure treatment, which love to know Bravo can do that mid-season, just completely erase someone from the show. <laughs> he ended up posting a meme onto Instagram that just was, again, racist and had depicted a black woman with bondage. And I can't even remember the caption, which I would never even say on the show again because 
I'm not trying to die on that hill with that fucking loser. <laughs> the one thing we did get out of the quarantine this year was Ramona Singer quarantining with Mario Singer. We all thought potentially they'd get back together. I do not think that will ever happen. I actually think Ramona's kind of over him. She must be like, your fuckery is annoying, and I make a lot of money at this point, so go on and date your 21-year-old and keep getting dumped by them. Um, I'm a do me in New York with my new face, my new body, and doing arm workouts with Avery Singer. I do want to say I... I'm disgusted by Avery Singer's arm workouts. She'll walk down the street, moving her arms like a crazy person. And if I did that, I feel like I'd potentially get shot in Queens. Like, they'll be like, what the fuck is she doing? Who, what kind of call is that? Is it a gang call? Like, no. No, no, no. We also have some lawsuits, legal shit, um, shootings, unfortunately. We had Dina Manzo's ex-husband putting a mob hit out on her current husband, which is honestly not surprising based on their family's past history with the mob. But I also genuinely think that that is why Dina and Caroline aren't friends anymore. I feel like Caroline is so mobbed up and still in that world where she basically was like, Dina, are you telling me you're going to date a norm you're gonna actually leave your husband for a regular man who actually loves you and probably doesn't cheat on you every 15 minutes if you watch the sopranos which i'm rewatching right now you'll see so many similarities between the type of women that end up with these mobsters you know they put up with everything they get the best of everything the fancy cars the jewelry this but with that comes the acceptance of having a guma and like all these side chicks on the side and your husband doing shady shit and they're expected to stay with their men. And then when you leave your man, it's a real big issue. And we saw Dina was with him for like the first few seasons that she was on the show. And then she came back for season five or six, I can't remember. She was still with him and just going through the divorce. So there have been years of her being in a loveless marriage with a man who is constantly cheating on her and treating her like shit. But she probably felt, you know, my family's gonna be really upset if I leave. They're all mopped up. And exactly what happened. Her new husband gets a mob hit put on him. So. I'm happy for Dina for getting out of that world. And you know what, Caroline, if that's the shit that you stand up for, then you're, you're a punk, like Danny said. Manzo's a punks. <laughs> we also have some darkness happening in this world. We had a shooting at Kenny OLG restaurant last year on Valentine's Day, and Teddy Mellencamp's apartment complex was the location where Pop Smoke, the rapper, was shot. So... Nothing, nothing like some shooting updates. I, I've kind of forgot about those, honestly, until I was going back through my notes, but I hope everybody's okay and um, no more shootings happen this year. Big yikes. And then we also were gifted with the Erica Jane and Tom Girardi divorce and then massive lawsuit drama. I'm actually gonna do a full deep dive into the LA Times article and into that whole case with someone coming up shortly. So tune in for that because there's a lot of juice there. There's a lot of information going on in that world and I need all the answers and I need them now. I would say 2020 was also gifted with a new show. We introduced the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Who doesn't love a little skiing and incest? There's nothing like it. The ladies are bougie, delusional, funny, stylish. They're giving me everything I need. I'm excited to see where this show goes, and I'm into it. I'm very into it. And I will say, like I've been saying on past shows, it's a little bit hard to jump right into a new show because you're forced to really, really, really pay attention because you don't want to miss anything about someone's backstory or a little nugget about them in college or a nugget about their family. And so I am a little slow on that one, so bear with me if I, I'm not getting the names right or not focusing on everything because... You know, when you're watching like OC or Beverly Hills, whatever, any other show, 
I can kind of like look away for a second and because I can hear their voices and so I got it but now on this show I'm still learning voices I'm still learning cast members I'm still learning the name of people's nannies and housekeepers you know those things take some time to memorize so bear with me if I'm a little slow on Salt Lake City drama and upkeep let's see we only have like 20 more minutes of this and I have so much shit already left so let's go to some newbies we welcomed this year we have Real Housewives of New York star Leah McSweeney who joined New York this year who gave a total cash shakeup for us, and I'm excited that she's here. She is bringing real crazy. I will say, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm not crazy about her freak out in Rhode Island, but whatever, to each their own. She was going through it. She is sober for a couple months now. I'm very proud of her. I'm excited to see her and Ebony K. Williams, who will also be joining this upcoming season of The Real Housewives of New York, kind of team together and be friends and obviously add some flavor to Real Housewives of New York City. We decided to see what they'll do together. We will welcome Kathy Hilton on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as a full-time cast member. We haven't seen this yet, but this has been a long time coming. Again, I'm excited to see Kathy potentially turn her back on her sister Kyle. I'm desperately waiting for that to happen. We have John Pringle and Leva on Southern Charm, which they're not really doing anything for me. I'm, again, behind on Southern Charm as well. I don't know, it's not really doing it for me this year. I was mortified when I saw Thomas Ravenel back on screen, so it's been leaving a bad taste in my mouth. Um, we have Drew Sedora from the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and I wouldn't mind leaving that man of hers in 2020. I would say, Drew, <laughs> you're too good for him. And then some people we lost this year. Obviously, we lost Saucy, Kristen, Jax, Brittany, Max, Brett <laughs> from Vanderpump Rules, so at this point, who the fuck do we have left? I don't know, time will tell. We lost Dennis, We lost Denise Richards from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is not surprising considering they were atrocious to her this past season and she has better things to do with her time and money. Love that for her. We also lost Teddy Mellencamp after it was exposed that she was a boring <laughs> anorexia pusher, which is not surprising. Poor Teddy Mellencamp. Like, I, I think I saw it the other day. She was saying she was going to try to host a talk show. Like, no one wants to see you on The View. No one wants to see you on The Talk. And no one would even believe that you could ever be on The Chew because, honey, you just slurp soup all day. You don't chew food. We lost Nene Leakes and Eva Marcel from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Nene was definitely a big one, but that's been a long time coming. We've been hearing that every 15 minutes for the past five years with the threat of not coming back. And I think they basically gave her the option of being a friend of. And we also have Eva Marcel who left, which honestly, girl, on to bigger and better things. She has that cute husband, those beautiful kids. She She's too busy for this shit. I don't blame her. We also have the very sad news that Dorinda Medley will be leaving the Real Housewives of New York. God knows that was not a mutual decision. I'm glad Bravo kind of stepped in on that mess because things were not looking too hot for her. And, you know, maybe she just needs a little time out. She needs to go in the corner. She needs to look at what she's done and then come back with a fresh mind. We lost Tinsley Mortimer because she was on to bigger and better things with Scott in Chicago, which good for them. She has always wanted this. And I am doing a high society deep dive with my boy Jasper. I believe the episode will be out on Friday. This is like, okay, eight episodes, 20 minutes each. Eight episodes times 20, you guys. I had to use a calculator for that. It's 160 minutes of television, and I would say we'll probably do about 400 minutes of talking about it. And that show is absolutely insane. If you guys want to get a head start, go to YouTube and just type in High Society. It's eight episodes. They're all on YouTube, all for free. Get a head start so you guys can be up on all of the conversations we have. Of course, I'll like remind everybody on the beginning of the episode, too, where you can listen to it, where you can find the episodes. But go and watch that now, because... I swear, I've watched a lot of reality television in my day, and nobody, I repeat, nobody is worse than the people on that show. 
Holy shit. They're all so bad. They either had to change their name or not be on any form of social media at all. Like, they are so bad. And Tinsley, who's like the sweetest one, and Dabney, and I mean Dale. Oh my god, you guys, just go and watch, go and watch. It'll explain so much of the Dale-Tinsley relationship to you. And there's one girl named Jewel who is just the most racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic douchebag ever and the fact that CW <laughs> aired all of the shit that she did and then she had the nerve to come back and say all of it was staged is insane it's like honey if the CW made you do fake Hitler impersonations then you are not so if you really think that we believe that the CW made you do that the CW is where seventh heavens played I mean granted he was like a child diddler but regardless no, nobody made you act that way, honey. No one would ever make you act that way. Okay, I went on a huge tangent there, but everybody go watch High Society. And then we also lost Elise Slane, who I just put that in there to be a shady bitch because they did her real dirty. They didn't even invite her to the reunion to say, like, one thing on a rogue chair on the side. They were just like, Elise, you come for Ramona, you're the fuck off this show. Know your place, bitch. Real Housewives of Potomac also lost Monique Samuels, which just happened pretty recently. I haven't even reported on that on this show yet. Bye, Monique. I'm glad you're doing this because it kind of seems like Monique kept getting in trouble with the law. A couple seasons ago, she was very blatantly drunk driving, and then this season, she's like very blatantly assaulting Candace. So maybe it's time to sit down, focus on the fam, do that. You know what? Monique is only loyal to Ashley because Ashley covered her ass during the drunk driving thing and then Monique covered Ashley's ass with Michael and the ass grabbing tapes. Let's be real, that's the only reason why those two are thick as thieves because they have dirt on each other. We also lost Naomi, Cameron, and Chelsea from Southern Charm, which I don't reckon, realize any of them are gone, don't care. I honestly prefer seeing that spunky little Madison. She's crazy. I like Madison a lot. And I actually think she has a really good, good head on her shoulders. And I'm glad she is dumping Austin. But I get that. It's like that hard pill you can't swallow with a, with a breakup. But back to the show, Megan. <laughs> and then with some below deck people, we lost Kate Chastain and Hannah Ferrier, which has both left a weird a gaping hole in my heart. I feel like without Kate, Captain Lee doesn't know what to do. He's like, who the fuck is this Francesca girl? She's annoying and not as funny or rude as Kate. And Hannah Ferrier... Not a good chief stew. That was definitely a huge reality check when you saw Bugsy, like, actually be a chief stew. I don't understand why these chief stews make it seem like it's so hard to teach their underlings how to fold a napkin properly, how to do white glove service. That is your job. You are the boss. You teach them once, and if they can't do it, that is a problem. Things are crazy on these boats, but you can't take 10 minutes to teach her how to fold a napkin properly or to do the wine. Do a five-minute demo on how to pour wine properly. I don't know. I'm probably missing more people, but whatever. Those are all the people I could remember. RIP, guys. Maybe we'll see you back on Bravo. Who knows? We also... Bubble. I'm going to skip weddings and babies. I will say some divorce and breakup news. We have Tom and Malia from Below Deck Men who broke up after their shit show of a season together. I'm not surprised that they broke up. Tom seemed like a massive douchebag, and it seemed like he was cheating on her. And you know what? Tom freaked out over a cucumber. I don't, I don't even look at cucumbers and think of Tom. I just think of Hilaria. Back to Hilaria. Cucumber gate. Cuke gate. Queen cuke. And we also have Teresa Giudice and Joe Giudice officially being divorced. And Teresa has a new boyfriend. I'm going to report on that later this year because ain't nobody got time for that right now. And to end the show on a truly devastating note because I'm 
am an amazing producer and I know how to get the people going. We lost a few people this year. First, we have to say RIP to Jiggy Vanderpump, who has been lying about his age for the past 15 years. Jiggy died um, probably in the arms of Ken um, in a sweater vest and probably like a bedazzled diaper. Um, <laughs> Carl Radke from Summer House also lost his brother, which is really devastating. Gina Kehoe from the Royal Housewives of OC lost her ex-husband Matt, and James Lipton from Inside the Actors Studio also passed away. And this isn't necessarily a death, but it is a death for some Bravo fans. Andy Cohen had to give away his dog Waka after Ben was, I guess, probably attacked by the dog, unfortunately. Um, so that was a real bummer for for everybody, you know. <laughs> that was probably the hardest thing I dealt with in 2020, for sure. Andy, Andy having to give his dog away. But we have a lot to look forward to in 2021. My top things I'm looking forward to, season two of Family Karma. I'm very excited for that. If you guys haven't watched Family Karma, go give it a watch because the characters are great. I love sassy mothers. I love children who are all somewhat successful. All the kids on that show have good jobs, are hardworking, and I like seeing more about the Indian culture. I, I feel like that's something we don't really get to see on this show, and so bring it on. Obviously, I'm excited for Real Housewives of New York to come back. Please come back soon. I'm very excited for that. And I'm hoping that there's going to be a BravoCon in 2021 so I can meet so many of you guys. I didn't go last year because I had a family party in California, but this year I'm blocking off my entire fall, and I really won't be making any plans. And the moment they come on sale, I will be buying I don't buy VIP shit because ain't nobody got time to wait on the line to fucking get a photo with Carl Radke. I can see that loser on Canal Street if I'm like walking in the city. So I'm not doing VIP. Why am I like defending potentially getting a VIP ticket to to nobody? I'm sitting in my room alone fighting, fighting with myself about how I'm going to save the money and time. Anyways, and I'm also just desperately looking forward to Bravo Happy Hour beginning to host parties again. Last year, we were hosting tons of parties. We were hosting viewing parties and bar meetups, and I've met so many amazing listeners and friends of the show who have come out and hung out with us and just gotten drinks, gotten drunk, laughed about Bravo, made some new friends, and I am really excited to do that again because I think that is one of my favorite parts about doing this show is meeting people, having fun, and creating a community because a bunch of you guys have a similar situation where not all your friends watch this stuff. So it's really hard to, you know, try to spark up a conversation about, you know, Ramona and Mario with, you know, someone who doesn't watch and someone who certainly doesn't give a flying fuck. I'm trying to find ways to build community in 2021 so we can all have fun and try to forget about the dumpster fire that was 2020. And my personal resolutions this year, I usually don't make them. Last year was to curse less, which didn't happen. So I dropped that this year. I'm not carrying that one over. And it was to have better dental care. It's not that I don't have good dental care, but I implemented flossing a lot more into my day. And yeah, so I did that well. So I one of two, I'm doing well. But this year, my resolutions will be to come out with my shows on time. I used to be very good at that for about a year and a half and then dropped the ball a little bit this past uh, past two quarters, I would say. I've um, taken a little bit of a mental, um, mental break from the podcast, but I will be back, I swear. Another resolution I have is to remember that this is fun. This is a fun thing I do and to always give myself a little bit of a break and remember like this is a joyful experience for me and not work and I think that can resonate for probably a lot of people out there who are also doing creative work on the side of their real jobs like this is my my passion project and so to stay passionate about it and to give myself a break and yeah so those are kind of my two resolutions maybe I oh I'm also going to try to drink less because I'm really bloated right now and anything else 
Yeah, I'll keep up with my good dental care. <laughs> Hopefully get a raise. I don't know if that's the resolution, but try to make more money. That's that's a personal goal. Okay, now I'm just rambling. Thank you so much for tuning into Bravo Happy Hour. Thank you so much for all the support you guys gave to me in 2020. You guys, in 2020 was huge for Bravo Happy Hour. I started getting on a big ad network. I started making some money, if you can't tell, by the annoying advertisements on the show. But thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than you know. Again, like I mentioned on the show, the last couple of months have been kind of hard for me, but I'm slowly but surely getting out of this funk, feeling good, excited for 2021. Let's do this. Thanks for listening to the show. If you liked this one, if you liked all the other ones, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, leave an awesome comment. And if you have something rude to say, say it to me directly in a DM and I will cry about it alone. But people on Apple won't have to fucking see it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Have a great 2021 and tune in next week. Bye. Thanks so much for catching up with me, Megan O'Donnell, on this episode of Bravo Happy Hour. Until next time, be sure to follow Bravo Happy Hour on all social media platforms and feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any hot juicy gossip or just to say what's up stay tuned on tuesdays and fridays for more episodes of bravo happy hour and if you're loving the show head on over to apple Podcasts and give me some love in the form of a five-star review thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.